Hello, hello, can you hear me? Hey. Hello. Hello. Hey, can you hear me? Yes, I hear you. Okay, nice. Uh, folks, I finally caught the COVID. Oh, man, I can hear it in your so, baby voice. <laughs> so we are recording today on our phones. And because I'm isolating in an undisclosed location. And <laughs> I didn't want to drag all my gear. And I'm not sure I even have Wi-Fi here anyway. So this episode will not be edited at all. Getting it raw, baby. Apparently, when I try to switch to the other screen, it times out. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. I lost you for a while there, though. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, folks. <laughs> We're doing our best here. I will edit this if I can at all, but probably not. So today we're talking about Mighty Joe Young from 1998. Woo! Honeybee, are you near your computer? Can you pull up the stats? Sure, sure can. I try to, when I try to switch on my phone, it seems to make the recording stop. Oh no, can you hear me right now? Yes. Okay, perfect. All right. Mighty Joe Young off of Wikipedia. Thank you, Wikipedia. The cast is Bill Paxton, Charlize Theron. Uh, let's see. R- Rade Raid Serbaziza. I am not sure. <laughs> Naveen Andrews, Regina King, Peter Firth, Linda Pearl, and David Pamer. And uh, Burn Troyer. Burn Troyer played the young Joe Young, baby Joe Young. Aww. So. Very nice. Let's see what else we got here. It is in color. The budget was $90 million and the box office was $50.6 Oh, no. Ouch. Ouch. Also, it is 114 minutes. That sucks. Yes. I, I'm really surprised to see to hear that 
That makes me so sad. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why, why I bombed like that. Seriously. Uh, I thought it was perfectly fine. Oh my uh, gosh. I thought it was incredible. Of course, I do remember this movie from, you know, my childhood and I thought it was incredible then. I thought it was incredible now. Oh my gosh, it made me cry like 17 times. It's so emotional. <laughs> I've never actually seen this version before. Uh, 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 I cried. <laughs> I I cried my little baby eyes out. And this is also uh, based on the story by Marion C. Cooper. I did not say that when I was saying the stats, but... <laughs> Uh, what are your initial there? thoughts? You didn't see, you didn't, you'd never seen this. No, no, I haven't. Charlize Theron looks so young that she doesn't look finished yet. <laughs> <laughs> Character loading. <laughs> yeah, I'm like that's that's not quite Charlize Theron. It needs to bake for a few more minutes. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious! She just didn't quite didn't quite look like herself maybe it was the hair i don't know oh she is so beautiful and wow. uh oh do you see do you see in the cast list there you might not be on the wikipedia do you That's see funny. elegant lady at party and gentleman at party i think Let's see. Oh, I do. Ray Harryhausen was the gentleman at the party and Terry Moore as elegant woman at party. Terry Terry Moore was the original. uh, Jill. Jill? Is it Jill Young? Yeah, it is. Jill. Mm -hmm. So as soon as that scene happened, I stopped it. And because I, I could just tell by the way they were framing those two characters that that was a yeah. cameo. Like, oh, is that the original film? And then I saw that the guy was Harry House, and I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Hell That's yeah, awesome. baby. Oh my gosh, so good. So good. Oh, okay, let's see here. Let me get to the plot. All right. Plot from Wikipedia, of course. Thanks, Wikipedia. As a child, Jill Young and her mother, Ruth Young, a primatologist, observe and study mountain gorillas in the, is it Pangani Pangani Mountains in Central Africa, including an infant gorilla whom Jill named Joe and his mother. One evening, a group of poachers led by Andre Strasser Storm the mountains and Quelly, Ruth's friend, alerts her to the men as she is putting Jill to bed. Nothing oh, good God. ever comes from guys named Strasser. Nothing. The first it clue is... that he's a bad guy. That his name is Strasser. <laughs> Ruth heads into the mountains and Jill follows shortly afterwards. Strasser shoots and kills both Joe and Jill's mothers. And when he tries to capture Joe, he bites off his trigger finger and thumb, causing him to swear revenge on the little gorilla. Before Ruth dies, she has Jill promise to protect Joe. Okay, 
So this part in the movie is very much like um, <coughs> something I could compare it to is uh, like the cartoon Up, where they give you this whole mm-hmm. story and they have you crying in the first 15 minutes of the movie and then the movie starts. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, uh-huh. gosh. This is so, oh, it's just so heartbreaking. I did think it was really strange, though, also, when the mother is shot and she's dying and Jill is like, oh, mom, that she's like, you got to take care of Joe. Take care of Joe. Because I'm like, really? Those are your last words? Like, you're, <laughs> you're dying and you know it and your daughter, I mean, like, I get it as far as like the movie goes, but I was just like, come on, tell her you love her for fuck's sake. But also before this, we kind of see Jill and her mother, you know, in the jungle, they're like observing the gorillas and Jill runs up and she's like playing with Joe and her mom's like, that's not Joe. He's too big to be Joe. Joe's only six months old. That's so-and-so. And then it turns out that she was right. And we find that out, you know, yeah. within the few minutes. But it, we never really know why Joe is big or why he's like this extraordinary gorilla. There's never any backstory to like how he got that way. Somebody mentions in passing that it's a rare mutation that happens every certain number of generations. Somebody, I guess I missed that. Closure later mentions it, but mm. uh, okay. so this happened. Excuse me, this happened before, and will happen again. Every I can't remember how many generations they said. Wow! But I, I really, I totally missed that. That's more than we got from the original movie. They didn't tell us anything. <laughs> Remember, now in this movie, he's living with other gorillas and mm-hmm. yeah, have mutated. But in the original, two guys were just carrying him along and we don't know where they came from and how they got him. Yeah. And, you know, remember, it was my theory that he had been stolen from Skull Island. So. Mm-hmm. But uh, that doesn't seem to be the case in this movie. Yeah. But the continue 12 years later joe has now grown to a height of 15 feet tall and weighing 2,000 pounds as a result other gorillas will not accept him and he is still vulnerable to poachers greg o'hara a wildlife refugee director uh, working at an animal conservatory in los angeles convinces jill that they would be safer if they were relocated there George O'Hara, he's chasing gorillas and he's chasing twisters. <laughs> yes. He's, he is very wrong about this. Oh, yeah. This is so sad. I did like how he was, um, instead of being like a bar owner or whatever, uh-huh. he was um, an actual like animal, like a wildlife oh, yeah. conservatory guy, you know? I kind of like that yeah, like change. He wasn't trying to put on a show like Right, uh, yeah. I, I really appreciated that. Let's see. Yeah, At the cons- What's that? I said it made more sense. Yeah, totally. It really did. Also, um, can we talk about the skeezy dudes that are hired in the beginning to help him get the sample from the... Was it, is it a cheetah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <And they're- laughs> 
taking blood from animals. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, hire some really shady guys. Yeah, those guys, that whole, like, scene of them, you know, ch- chasing Joe and, like, discussing the money and all of the things, I really thought that that guy was going to be one of the bad guys or, like, more involved in the movie. I was super surprised that he was just, like, the skeezy guy in the beginning and then nothing else. <laughs> but it was good. It was good. I liked it. At the conservatory, the trio win the hearts of the refugee staff who put Jill in charge of Joe. Dang. So there's, like, a lot of things here that we kind of miss out. With, like, um, O'Hara chasing Joe and um, Jill, you know, being like, get the fuck out of here! And then also the guy who was her mom's friend who kind of warned them about the poachers in the beginning has kind of become kind of become like Jill's dad you know like in a way because yeah. when Greg is like oh a beautiful woman saved me he's like get out of this forest you little shit you know he kind of like <laughs> has that like dad instinct but then whenever really? he's telling Jill about it he's like he's like well that man said that a beautiful woman saved him and she's like fuck that guy get him out of here <laughs> anyways um let's see um Jill Jill meets Strasser, who now runs a fraudulent animal animal preserve in Botswana, while secretly selling animal organs on the black market, and is eager for revenge after seeing Joe featured on a news report. At first, Jill does not recognize him, since his right hand is concealed in his coat pocket. Strasser, Strasser attempts to convince Jill that Joe would be better off in his wildlife refugee back in Africa. Sorry, refuge back in Africa. During a gala, Strasser's henchman, Garth, (laughs) uses a poacher's noisemaker to scare Joe into a frenzy. Joe trashes the gala with the intention of attacking Strasser, but is captured and imprisoned in a concrete bunker. Oh, man. Okay. That's so funny that the henchman's name is Garth. I feel like that is, like, a henchman (laughs) name if I've ever heard one. (laughs) That guy has an interesting... He does, but I feel like, oh my gosh, it's so late. Like, when he does the change, I'm like, really? Now? <laughs> like, what the fuck, Garth? Get it together, I mean, Garth. I don't want to get too far ahead, but basically he's like, hey, animals is one thing, but people is, people are different. People are something different. Not not doing that. Yeah. I also, the, this, like, scene that happens between Strasser and Jill, where he, like, kind of is like, I knew your mother, I was a friend of your mother's, it's like, you slimy motherfucker, because we all know that he killed her mother. Her mother gets shot trying to stop these poachers and trying to save these gorillas, and the whole time, Jill wasn't supposed to be there, but she was. And she kind of, like, hears it slash sees these things happen. Like, she sees Joe bite this dude's hand off. Not his hand, his finger, his trigger finger. His pointy finger and his thumb. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But he kind of, like, plays on her emotions, like, because right now, you know, first of all, Garth goes up to Joe's enclosure and, like, shakes his little poacher noisemaker, which instantly Joe remembers and starts freaking the fuck out and she you know jill's trying to tell everyone all these people like we don't need to do this gala tonight because 
Joe's not himself. Joe's not himself. And yeah. so she's kind of in this vulnerable spot. And this Strasser slime ball like comes up to her and it's like, I knew your mother. I just wanted to, you know, pitch that I could give Joe a better life. He could be at my, you know, um, conservatory place, animal preserve place. And it's just so slimy and so, God, I like my blood was boiling because she's so innocent and sweet. Like she's been raised in Africa. She's lived in Africa this whole time. She's never seen the city. Like when she's driving, when they're driving into LA, she's like, how do you, this is LA, huh? Like, how do you know what's what? Everything looks alike. Like she's never been in a city. She's never been like in like huge social situations like this. And he really takes advantage of that. It pissed me off. Made me so mad. He is such a sleaze. Yeah. Also, I think the idea of getting revenge against an animal is kind of um, dumb. It's very Captain Hook. Like, you ain't yeah, my yeah. friend. I'm going <laughs> to exactly. hunt you for the rest of my life. Exactly. Because the animal doesn't know or care. You know, yeah. part of that the person knows, hey, I'm paying you back for what you did to me. Because revenge is no good if the person doesn't know that this revenge is happening. Right. So, uh, this animal Z is not going to give a shit. <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's just dumb. It dumb. is dumb. I did really, I laughed really hard when um, when Joe is like trashing the, the party and he like picks up the wrong dude and like he picks him up and looks at him like, Ugh, and he's like, ah, shit, this isn't the right dude. Like, just chucks him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, classic. So classic. Um, okay. Also, I think something important to say about, um, like, the relationship between Jill and Joe is, like, uh-huh. she's the only person who can calm him down or who, like, knows him. She knows him so well they grew up together because her mother's dying, like, last dying words where you have to protect Joe instead of, I love you, I'm really sorry. Um <laughs> that you have to grow up without a mom too but uh so you know they like play games like they play hide and seek and she knows him and she can calm him down and she you know bringing him to california one of the stipulations was i'm in charge of joe i get to make these decisions but then of course we run into the like typical greed of oh we have this thing that we've discovered we have to exploit it and you know just you know you've seen the movies classic classic shit when jill discovers that joe may be euthanized as he is perceived as a danger to the public she accepts strasser's offer she and the refuge staff smuggle joe out in a truck still not knowing strasser's true colors before their oh let's talk about that all right the um the guy that runs the refuge Harry. I love that actor. Oh, same. He's been, he's been in a million things. You guys mm-hmm. have seen him. And, you know, he's being bureaucratic, paper-pushing, dumb-dumb. There's a scene, though, where Joe, he thinks Joe's freaking out and is going to attack him, but he's just trying to play hide-and-seek with him. Yeah, oh my gosh, so funny. And then, uh, at one point, he's acting like, oh, they're going to euthanize Joe, and there's nothing I can do about it. I'm sorry. But then we see that he helps them sneak him out later on. So I really, I really like that. 
really like yeah it was nice david david pamer is the actor's name yeah yeah he's he's one of those guys yeah it was good i was kind of like like his help was a little underwhelming like they're already putting him in the truck and he's like don't worry the guard at the front won't be there i someone called him away on important business and i'm like really come on you could have done better than that but it oh right at least he did something before their departure greg who has fallen in love with jill kisses her goodbye oh my gosh this reminds me so you know the like quote unquote date that they go on um like before the party Uh they go they're like walking under the stock like looking at the ocean there's this guy on the dock who's like playing a saxophone and there's this couple making out next to the guy playing the saxophone and you wouldn't think that's important and really it's not but the same couple is making out at the fair (laughs) (laughs) i did not notice that i was like oh my gosh that's the same people (laughs) these people just make out all over la (laughs) that's their thing it was so funny okay anyways um Let's see. Before their departure, Greg, who has fallen in love with Jill, kisses her goodbye. Shortly after Jill leaves, the maintenance workers come in with the poacher's noisemaker that they found while cleaning up the gala, making Greg realize Jill and Joe are in danger, and he drives after them. I like those two guys, the uh, the maintenance workers. They're kind of like the silly, yeah. goofy stoner guys. I really liked yeah. them, and I really liked uh, Cecily, too. I thought she was great. Oh, I just yeah, loved yeah. her character. Uh, what's her name? What's her name? She's she's somebody. She's done a lot of stuff. She's yeah, let's see. Uh, yeah. Her... her Regina Regina King. Regina King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I she's just like loved her character. Rising number of Academy Award winners and award nominees in this movie. Mm-hmm. I think Miss mm-hmm. Charlie Theron's one of them. And I think even our guy, the what's his name, Harry. I think he's been nominated or won things, like supporting oh. things. <clears throat> um, but one of the one of those two guys you're talking about, I forget his name. Is uh, he was on Boston Legal, and oh, he was really? my favorite. One of my favorite shows that only lasted one season, The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. He was the, I guess, slightly rounder-faced guy. Hmm. I think he had something on his head. <laughs> like a hat? <laughs> yeah, like a do-rag or a hat or something. Backwards cap or something. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> anyway. I lost to where I was. Okay, on the way to the airport, airport, Jill notices the half-glove covering Strasser's missing fingers and recognizes him. We get this little flashback <laughs> of him, because he says the word monstruel, monstruel, or something like that, which means monster, and she kind of has this flashback of seeing Joe like literally like, bite his fingers off and realizes that he killed her mother! She fights Strasser and Garth and jumps from the truck onto Hollywood Boulevard, leading to several automobile accidents. 
Joe sees her and tilts the truck over onto its side and flees, wreaking havoc in the Hollywood city and being chased by helicopters before arriving at a carnival at the Santa Monica Pier. Where we see the two snoggers sucking face again. <laughs> I guess it's the same pier. They just moved up to the carnival. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Greg finds Jill, who tells him of Strasser's intentions and her history with him. They track Joe to the carnival where he is playfully wreaking havoc. Yes. Strasser he determines the searchlight. He thinks the searchlight is Jill's flashlight. Yeah, which we see throughout the movie, Jill like using her flashlight to do the like typical kaiju thing, which is like, look over here, come to the light. <laughs> or Get away, get away from here, get away from the light. <laughs> Depending on what you need for whatever scene, you know. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's see, let's see. Strasser, determined to prevent Jill from exposing him, arrives and attempts to shoot her. This is where Garth kind of like is like, hey man, you're nothing but a murderer. Yeah. But Garth, appalled at Strasser's ruthlessness, turns against him and shoves the gun away from Jill, causing Strasser to misfire at a spotlight, which starts a fire that quickly spreads to many game stands and the Ferris wheel. Greg helps evacuate its riders, but the wheel breaks down, leaving a young boy named Jason stranded at the top after knocking Garth unconscious. <laughs> I thought this was funny that it's like Greg's job to get people off the Ferris wheel <laughs> rather than, you know, people that actually work. He just comes in and sort of says, hey, let's get them off while it's moving. Come on, I'll help you do this and that. And I'm like, dude, what? <laughs> not qualified for this. Oh, man. This guy, he just he just makes me laugh so hard. Like, I just can't not see, you know, like sometimes when an actor is just like doing an amazing job, you forget who they are, even though you've seen them in like 17 different movies. This guy, I could never forget who he was. It was just like, it's the guy from Twister. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's also the guy from Aliens and from yeah. uh, True Lies. That's all I see he is, is Adelaide, just Adelaide, you know, chasing he is tornadoes. He has left us, I'm sorry to say. Let's see. Greg helps evacuate its riders, but the wheel breaks down. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. After not... Okay, got that one, too. Unable to grip the wire due to his missing fingers, Strasser falls onto a transformer below and is killed by electrocution. Joe actually... I mean, he throws Strasser onto the power lines. <laughs> as soon as the P throws him onto the power lines, too, and the power lines start, I was just like, bingo! Because, you know, got those power lines in there, baby. Yep. But also, then, you know, um, Jill starts screaming, like, Joe just killed Strasser! We gotta get out of here! <laughs> <laughs> she literally says that. Joe just killed him. We gotta get out of here. As police and firefighters, <laughs> as police and firefighters converge on the scene, Joe notices Jason at the top of the burning Ferris wheel, pleading for help, and starts to climb it. Jill convinces, readying 
officers not to shoot Joe as he is trying to save the child. We know this officer too. Like the main officer is like a character that we know or an actor that yeah. we know really well too. Um, uh, who yeah, that? he up at the end of this one scene, but he's, oh, he used to be in the Grounded for Life, uh, which Donald Logue, who we mentioned in our uh, Ghostwriter episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, played a, so this guy, the cop, plays Donald Logue's father in Grounded mm-hmm. for Life. And he's in a bunch of other stuff. He's a, yeah, he's he's a, a mustache guy. Yeah, he and you know he looks the same. Like he he looks the same in every single. Like he never ages. I feel like. Yeah. He just always looks like that guy. Um, after grabbing Jason, the Ferris wheel collapses, but Joe jumps off and lands clear of the burning wheel. The boy unhurt. Joe is knocked unconscious. I really thought he was dead. And you know, I've seen this movie so many times as a kid, but I was like, I, this movie made me cry so much. This movie is so well, they make emotional. This movie makes you think that he might be dead for a minute. Yeah, I was like, jump up and down on his heart, Jill. Jump and up then and down in the, on his heart. Uh, in, in the, uh, then they reveal later in the home movie that they sent that Joe is still alive. But they let you think. Yeah. Yeah, he soon awakens, and Jill mentions that they need to raise money to open a reserve for him. Jason donates some change to Jill after hearing this prompting nearby civilians to contribute. I was crying so hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. So, it's so cheesy and manipulative, but it totally works. It's so good. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Joe is returned to you. Instead of arresting everybody, the cops just sent some money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, that's why they had to put Jason on the top of the Ferris wheel, you know, because there were all these lawsuits and all this shit from Joe hurting all these people at the gala, um, you know, because he was trying to get the fucking douchey uh, bad guy. And then so they're like, okay, well, we got to throw a kid in here that he can save so that he's the good guy again and we can all, yeah. you know, and get it, all the. Like, like a- they just happened to pass a burning orphanage in the original. <laughs> Not directly. This job did a little. This movie did a little better job of connecting the fire to what was going on in the rest. Yeah, of the movie. yeah, for sure. In the original, they're just like, "Oh, look, a burning orphanage." <laughs> this will rehabilitate Joe's image. Let's save that he's, orphanage. He's a good guy. Don't you see? He saved the kids. <laughs> Joe is returned to Uganda, where Jill and Greg open the Joe Young Reserve. Finally free, Joe runs off into the jungle. Yay! Oh my goodness. So, this is mostly with a guy in a suit. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of CGI for some of the jumping and running stuff. Yeah. And then there was like a full-size thing that Charlize could like, you know, curl up with yeah, we see like the well, just like a random they, hand every now and yeah, then. Yeah, but I thought they, they did a really good job of blending all of that together. Such a good job. They did such a good job with blending that all together and with, you know, the kind of making Joe's face animated. There's so many times where we see like just his eyes, and his eyes are just so 
Ugh. it's just like you know looking into an animal's eyes and you just see that like love and that intelligence and it's just like oh it just kills me inside <laughs> i almost could not handle this movie i'm not gonna lie i oh it was just so good and i remember loving this movie as a kid but i of course because i don't know i have um just like I don't know, for, I forget things. I forget the this like the part. It was just like watching it for the first time. It was and it wasn't like I didn't remember certain things, and then there were certain things that I did remember and that I loved, and it was so nostalgic for me. I was so happy to watch it. Ugh, I cried like so many times, and I was like, I don't know if I can make it through this whole movie. <laughs> I just it felt so emotional in comparison to any other like movie like especially that like the Kong movies or the original Mighty Joe Young movie that we saw you know there was just so much more emotion in this one don't you think or was it just me because I was like seven years old watching this <laughs> uh, it's a little bit you but not completely you. It's, it's, okay, good. It's, well it's good it's good it's so um, good <laughs> well gosh do we even have to ask what are you going to rate this movie you already know baby this movie gets five stars for me I highly recommend it it's so good it will it is a tear jerker and he looks so good everything looks really good everything is well done in this movie Okay. Well, um, I'm gonna go ahead and give it a five as well. Woo! Yeah, it was so good. Ugh, I can't believe I can't believe that it only made it didn't even make half or maybe a little over half of the budget. Yeah. yeah. What a song, folks! If you wanna watch it now, uh, I don't know if it's available to buy or rent other places but it is on Disney Plus if you have Disney Plus. You can... oh, it's so it's so 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 good. I also, you know, I was a little bit surprised that he wasn't bigger. I don't know if I just like thought he was bigger because everyone else, all the other, you know, kaiju that we have our bigger like at one point even someone says like he's the size of three men and I'm like really that's it just three <laughs> I mean I think Joe I think the original Joe was smaller than Kong yeah Kong has slowly gotten larger over time mm -hmm. so uh, but I think I think this Joe might have been a little bit bigger than the other Joe. Wasn't the other one like twelve feet instead of fifteen? Maybe so. I don't know. It's been a while. I don't remember for sure. But... Yeah, it has been a while. If you haven't listened to that episode, go and listen to it. I think what was that? That was like what the forties, the original Mighty Joe Young. Yeah, late forties, early fifties, something like that. Let's see, it was 49, 1949. So, right on the edge there. Yeah. Ugh, so good, you guys. Watch it. Go and watch it. 
uh, I guess that'll wrap it up for today. Next week, we will be back with Rebirth of Mothra 3. Which is the end of that little series. Little trilogy. Your girl is excited. I think that one's available on Pluto. Yeah, I think so. You can also also buy it and rent it on Pluto and other places like that. So uh, until then, I have been Precious D. And And I... COVID. Oh, no. My poor little Rona. You poor little Rona. Ugh. I have been Honeybee, and I love all of you. (laughs) Remember to keep calm and take shelter in basements. And please, don't misuse science. We won't see you, but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Funtime Go. You've been listening to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacato Folk Rock Punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg. Go, go, go.